This is a Bulldog Radio Podcast. Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome back to the most valuable sports podcast. Brandon Worth here alongside my partner in crime, Joe Nagy. What's up, Joe? Hey, everybody. Great intro. <laughs> <laughs> and also joining us, ringside reporter for the CCHA, the man, the myth, the legend himself, Ryan Peline is here with us. Ryan, welcome. I'm very excited to be here. I believe you sound it. super excited. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Sound ex- so ecstatic to be on this show. But we got a great show ahead. Ferris State Sports Report. The basketball team was in action. Got a little bit of a win on Saturday, Joe. Yay, anchor down. Anchor down. I almost forgot. Well, and we got more sports coming as well as NHL All-Star break and possibly NFL Pro Bowl. You can tune in right now. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us at the MVSP, not to miss out on anything on the podcast. And also, shout out to our boys over at Knockout for their first two episodes now live on Spotify. We loved hearing all the Bulldog Radio Sports Networks getting together, so you can check them out on Spotify and on Instagram. Uh, Knockout FSU, I believe, is the tag. There might be an underscore in there. There might be a dash. But if you search it, you should be able to find them in the right place. So shout out to Travis and those guys who are putting out great content. But into the Fair Stage Sports Report we go. Uh, we'll start on the men's side in hoops. And we got a lot of games to cover. There were three. Our dogs went two and one. We'll start on Thursday, the original First game of this long weekend, getting the win over Davenport. Uh, final was seventy-one to, or excuse me, ninety-one to seventy-four uh, against the Panthers. And I mean, just watching this game, it definitely could tell we started off really slow, and we did not shoot the basketball well at all in this game. I believe we were seventeen percent from three in this game. Uh, and I know Coach Bronkema said really a lot over this stretch, um, the over these last three games that we'll cover here that like right now they're showing a different team than we saw earlier in the year because not necessarily hitting those shots, but being able to beat the teams on the boards, being able to beat them on the break, and being able to take care of the basketball a lot better than we saw earlier on. Yeah, for sure. And I think that was kind of the – we were able to pick up the shooting after or against the Grand Valley game, but we'll get into that in a second. But that's a good thing too is to understand that like when our shots aren't falling – most of the time we'll be able to pick up the slack a little bit and be able to pick up those boards, get those two-pointers and stuff like that. And our mid-ranges have kind of been able to be improving a little bit, especially our driving ability as well. Uh, but, you know, we had a lot of great production from our guys. I mean, Jimmy Scholler had six, which usually he doesn't have because he's more of an assist guy. I mean, Walt Kelzer, Logan Ryan, Dorian Louie, and Lee Higgins all got almost 15 points. I think Lee was the only one who didn't get that at 14. Um, and then you know Ben Davidson coming off the um, coming off the bench with 13. So when you got five guys that are producing double digits as well as three others that are getting themselves on the scoreboard, it's really solid for these guys. Especially getting into the latter half of the season, we definitely want to see that for this Gleak tournament that's going to be coming up and finishing strong, so that way we can get the host again and hopefully you know have a little bit different of a story than when we lost Northern that first game. But we're not going to talk about that. We that's, don't talk about that's that. water on the bridge at this point. But <laughs> you know it's good to see that when we're we're able to get a lot of guys producing, and we've been able to see that all se- all season so far. Well, I'm not a guy for basketball, as you guys know. <laughs> You're but, a big hockey guy, big hockey guy. Oh, yeah. Guy. But, I mean, for each sport, the stats don't lie. So all these guys putting up the big numbers, I mean, that's really good to see. And, you know, I was looking through all the games that we won. You know, there's 20 million times more wins than there are losses, so that's – which just is going forward, yeah. going into like, I mean, the playoffs. It tells know. for itself already. You know, it just shows that we're 
going to be a, a really good team, you know, mm-hmm. for the playoffs, of course. Yeah. I mean, we're 18 and 4 right now. So like we're yeah. not like yeah, we suffered a setback this weekend, but like when you're 13 and 1 in the league and you're 18 and 4 and your coach is going to get his, you know, 7 8 9 20 win season of his collegiate career already when he's such a young coach, like that just proves that we're going to be very good for a very long time. And I mean, I've the sky's the limit, honestly. We have probably for me, I'd say, for my opinion, I'd say we have at least you know seven more wins when you can when you or talk about like the Gleak tournament coming up, and that's not even including you know the national tournament that we're most likely going to be able to get, in, especially with this record. But you know we got six more games coming up these next two weekends, and then a couple others with the Gleak tournament and you know the national tournament as well. So sky's the limit, honestly. Yeah, I mean, looking especially at what we saw from the Saturday game um, against GV, uh, where we ended up getting the three-point victory at home. Boy, what a game that was. Um, I definitely saw a difference in play um, from that Davenport game to the Grand Valley game. Obviously, the intensity was way... It was just astronomically higher in that game. I mean, the atmosphere was awesome. All the fans that came out, you guys rocked in. We want to see that on mo- next Monday, too. Because, I mean, this is that'll be a great game against Northwood. It'll be the next time we're in Wink, and it'll be for a good cause, too, to support women's heart health. But, mm-hmm. um, I mean, Davenport, it seemed like we were a little sluggish. Um, and I'm not necessarily saying, like, we were, like, pushing over the game that much. But, I mean, when it comes to the rivalry games, I mean, we'll get it to the Davenport game that I'm sure many people are anticipating us to talk about next. But, like when you have those big rivalries, and I know like we've played sports in high school, and where was always these school rivalries, like you tend to look at that game ahead of even though somebody else might be in front of you or behind that t- that game. So that that can be a small tendency, and there there could have been something in that game. I mean, you have Grand Valley on the schedule, obviously that one's circled, dotted, that one's highlighted. You 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 are looking at that game, right? You're like February fifth, it's going down. Let's go. Um, I mean, Davenport might be playing two days before and two days after, but. GV is the one that we want to win. So, I mean, you can kind of expect a little bit of a slower play in that game just because it doesn't live up to the hype necessarily. It's Grand Valley. But, I mean, mm-hmm. the guys stepped up really well at Grand Valley. That was a big win for us, uh, just especially at home in front of the home fans. Uh, and, I mean, just it was in a very, very good environment. It seemed like there was a lot of times where GV did a great job of um, I'm really being able to answer the punches. I mean, especially in the second half early on, they made a big run on us. I think it, I think I want to say it was around seven, eight, oh, run, or maybe it was like a ten-two run. It was somewhere around an eight-point advantage early on in the half. But our guys started hitting shots, and we were really feeding off the energy of each other. And it came on the offensive rebounds and on the glass when we started really putting our guys in there, being able to get the boards. That really changed the game in the second half, and that's what helped us get out on top in the end yeah for sure and I mean when you look at it they had a really great performance from their starting five and then their bench just really did not produce a lot I mean they had uh, nine points off the bench and they had about you know 70 or so or 60 or so off uh, their starters alone so I mean when you look at that and when you look at our side we had some guys come off the bench I mean Ben Davidson is always Reese Hazleton contributed a little bit Vejas kind of stepped up especially guarding his brother oh, that, that was, was a great great awesome. experience for a lot of people as well? national anthem was pretty sick that, that was, was amazing that was a really cool moment and I mean we didn't have the greatest like performance from like Wall I mean he scored nine that's the, I think that's the first time I ever scored him seeing him score less than nine or sorry less than 10 um and then you know jimmy kind of stepped up with eight but you know logan dorian and lee they they really kind of stepped up especially when they needed to when they got 
they got some great points and stuff. Our our three point shooting kind of fell flat a little bit again. I mean, twenty six percent, not the greatest, but you know, we once again showed that when the shots aren't falling, we're able to step it up in the paint, able to get the rebounds, able to get those second chance scores, and as well as you know, making down the jumpers and the layups when we need to. And I think when you know Vejas got that stop against his brother, you know, uh, Logan got that alley oop from Walt. That was an incredible uh, momentum shift for us, and I think when that, those things happen, you know, you get the crowd going, and all that's culminating together. Uh, you know, I didn't think we were going to win this game one bit when we were uh, when the place was rocking. So, yeah, that was my first Ferris basketball game. What a treat! What a treat! That is the the one you want to start off with. Like, I I didn't really know what to expect going into it, and then you know, starting off through the the first half, I mean. It was it was it was a good game, but it was a little quiet. And then getting towards the middle of the game, you know, they they just uh, there was a moment there, and it was just ecstatic. I like I could feel the vibrations going through me. I mean, like I don't really watch a lot of basketball, but that was a really hype moment. You know, when one of our defenders was there, one of their guys was trying to shoot on the hoop. And he just stood him up, just sitting there. Oh, yeah. Logan kept, Ryan. Kept, yep, kept Logan on Ryan, going. That's the guy. Yeah, he had some key blocks in this game. And, I mean, Veas on its brother was just enough fun as it was. I'm sure people saw the video that 9 and 10 posted um, of him standing out his brother on the baseline. And he was fired up. And then very next, or I think it was like two possessions later, uh, Grand Valley hits a three. And then they come down. Their coach is hyping him up, clapping from his knee down on the floor. And the guys are ready. And they slap the floor. And Ben pulls up, drains it in his three. And, and the whole place goes nuts. I tried to f- like film up just a, like just a still video just so I could hear the audio again to see if it could compare. No. No, and no camera could pick up the audio levels of that arena at that moment. It was just deafening. And it was awesome to see. But, I mean, I mean, going to your point, Joe, I mean, we haven't shot very well in the last couple of games. And, I mean, Walt, I mean, has definitely been a guy that I think a lot of people hold a lot of expectations to as far as scoring. I mean, especially back to where we're talking the Duluth game when he had over, I think he had 37 in that game. I mean, he scored 40 before. So he has that that ability to score. And when he doesn't, people are kind of like, oh, what's going on? But he's filled into a role really well. To be able to distribute as well and give other teammates a chance, especially the, the low post feeds he's been doing really well with. And a lot of guys are stepping up, not necessarily outside of the three-point line, but even like inside. I mean, Dorian Louis is a mid-range specialist. He's, that's been a big part of his game. Uh, Lee's been able to get to the basket. I mean, we've been able to play some big plays um, on lobs to Logan Ryan. I wish more of them were filmed so we could see them more back. Um, and then obviously you got guys off the bench that can provide a spark as well. So, I mean, this team definitely has all the tools and they're finding new ways to win I think that's the biggest thing with this team so far especially after the Grand Valley game is despite we're not shooting uh, high caliber that we were in the beginning of the year 45 50 60 even percent from three that we're still able to finding ways to win and that's not off of shooting being able to get the boards being able to play good defense, get quality possessions, and being able to move the basketball. This team is ex- exponentially better when we m- we're in the right position moving the basketball and being able to rely on um, teammate ability to find each other and give each other chances. And that's been a big thing. But uh, going into the inevitable um, last night, and this is recorded here on the 8th on Tuesday, Davenport, they got us at Caledonia. They got us. 75-73 the final. I was able to tune in for the last couple minutes of this one over the air. 
Um, and there sounded like there was a lot of crazy stuff going on. I remember that we were, I was hearing some things from um, Robin and Sandy, which dude had a great job on the call for that game. Um, that there was like some rogue fans going on the floor or something. Like what? the fans were too close to the sideline at one point. I don't know exactly what the whole premise was. I reached out to our buddy Isaac um, that has joined us on the show, who is one of the the managers for the men's basketball program, and he was telling like, yeah, there was just no security. Like there was times where they'd have to pull him off the floor and stuff. And I'm like, what? This is so weird. But I mean, at the end of the day, you can understand the excitement because I mean. We got the targets on our back. We're at, we're at the top of the top, right? Mm-hmm. And somebody wanted to get that first GLIAC loss to us, and, I mean, Davenport unfortunately got it. But, I mean, it's hard to play a team twice in four days. And, I mean, me and Joe and, and I have that experience with IM, so we had to play a team that we played last week, just this last, yesterday on Monday night. So it's a tough, hey, we got the tough W, thing. though. We got a quick little 20-point uh, dub. So oh, I mean, yeah. We, I mean, we, we got the dub. But, I mean, it is hard to play a team only twice in a couple of days because I mean teams can it's it's a hit or miss based Mm -hmm. off days because I mean we've seen it right being able to put up 120 one game and then next game it's only 70 or 80 you're just not hitting the same shots it can be a whole different ball game and that's certainly what it was last night for sure and I mean when you look at the when you I mean when we were there at the Davenport game the other day uh not the one that was at Davenport but the home one like there was times where you know Davenport was going on a little bit of a run, like they were picking up some picking up some really good momentum. I mean, they were getting some dunks when they needed it. Uh, some threes were going in. I mean, they were matching it uh, shot for shot with a lot of our guys, and you could definitely tell that you know there was a tipping point in the game uh, that could have really changed the outcome a little bit. But you know, we were able to battle back, and I think just the difference is you know seeing or going to a place where you got to play a team two game two you know, within the span of three days is always super tough. And I mean, when you look at it, it's not going to be the easiest matchup, especially Davenport. I mean, they've been, they beat Grand Valley. They beat a lot of these teams in the GLIAC that are, you know, top of the table and they're not a terrible team. Yeah. They might be six and seven, just below 500, but they're still a solid team that can really disrupt the table a little bit. So I think it's a really good, uh, wake-up call for us because with our shooting not being super great, I think we're going to be able to get back in the gym and really start working on that a lot more and kind of figuring out what our game is going to be a lot more than just, you know, if shooting's not going to be going or relying on shooting and then just kind of picking up the scraps a little bit, kind of refining what we need to do to get the win, especially with Lake State coming up. Uh, you know, we beat them by 15 last game, but, you know, that's one another, another one of those games where it was pretty close and it could go either way. So, some pretty good games coming up, especially with Northwood and stuff like that. Like we mentioned, Red Out, come show your support for Women's Heart Health. That's going to be a great time for us. But you know, it's going to be a going to be a tough tough situation, especially for this bounce back game. Yeah, that Davenport game is definitely going to be one that Ferris is going to have to learn off of because going forward, you said there's like six games left in the season. So, I mean, if th- they could win all six, I mean, it's not impossible for Ferris to do that. So they're going to have to take you know learn off their loss i mean put or go go in the gym pick up those numbers i mean you gotta get those last six yep. wins you, that'd be great gotta get the shots up especially for some of the guys that have been kind of slowing down a little bit on their three-point efficiency yeah i mean we haven't been able to to fill it as much as we did earlier in the season but i mean i mean we're still getting better rebounding we're still getting better defensively we had chances down the stretch like listening into this game like we had those chances and they just didn't fall like we had we had some open looks um i think lee actually banked one from the corner i'm not sure how necessarily that he dialed that up but hey he's a marksman so anything will fall but i mean we had those chances i mean davenport just did a great job of being able to to take advantage off the misses and they were able to make some big plays down the stretch and 
Uh, I mean, I think I think that's the 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 mo of this game. I mean, it you would love to go, you'd love to go undefeated, and I mean, it would be it'd be wonderful. But I mean, sometimes a kick in the mouth makes you better, right? Yeah, just mm-hmm. a, just a little bit of a punch, just to reset. I say, whoa, 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 we're in the Gliac, guys. Everybody's good. You can be six and sixteen and still be able to beat a team in the Gliac postseason. It's still possible. So I think that we can learn off of that and definitely do that moving forward. But moving over to the women's side, they were in, I'm sorry, Joe, Gleak scoreboard. I was going to say, this is my favorite thing I get to do. I guess like my trademark thing, you're You're just going to steamroll right over it. But let's get into some scores around the Gleak. We got a big one, so buckle in, buckle up. It's going to be a good ride. So Wayne State, they can't handle the cards from Saginaw Valley. 67 to 65, Saginaw Valley stays alive. And one of the top teams in the Gleak. When you say not super great, so not super surprising, but still pretty Only close two game. two points, though. Yeah, that's true. Put up a fight. Both Laker teams showed off up in the Sioux, Lake Superior State and Grand Valley. Lake Superior State is the better two of the Lakers, 75 wow. to 72. Grand Valley is kind of falling apart. Sucks for them. Hate to see it. Not really. <laughs> uh, Michigan Tech rolled over the pride of Purdue Northwest, 65 to 44, in a pretty low scoring effort, and pretty uncharacteristic of the Michigan Tech Huskies. Northern Michigan then fell to Parkside, 75 to 68. Parkside picking up a little bit there near the t- bottom of the table, but watch out for them in the GLIAC tournament coming up pretty short. Uh, and then following Saturday, Northern Michigan was able to b- get a bounce back win, 87-69 over the Purdue Northwest Pride. Uh, we obviously, big game against Grand Valley State, 83-80 we won. Uh, Davenport then got the loss to Lake Superior State, 97-86. Uh, Michigan Tech picked up the scoring again, 90-75 against Parkside, so they were able to kind of get back to what they were able to do before. And then Saginaw Valley stayed perfect throughout the weekend, 78-54 against Northwood, but that doesn't mean it bodes well for us because Northwood was able to pick up the W on Monday, yesterday, 80-77. to So they're going to hope to keep it rolling when they see us later on in the week. And then, obviously, we lost to Davenport, uh, ending our unbeaten streak in the GLIAC, 75-73. to There you are. Those are the GLIAC scores. Now moving over on into the women's. They had two games this weekend, not three. We were able to play, play at Davenport earlier in the season. Uh, got them at home, 72-55 to on Thursday. Good win for us. Started off fast. That's what makes this team better. When we can start out fast in the first quarter, we just look mm-hmm. like such a better team. When we feed off that energy, we were to put up 22 in the first quarter, which is a high number compared to what we've had, 15, 13 on average, it seems like, over the last 10 games. Um, being able to start out fast, continue to build that lead definitely helped in this game. Defensively, we were great. We were able to hit a lot of shots. Uh, I mean, we definitely did well at the free throw line. That has been a question mark, uh, especially in the Grand Valley game, which we'll get to in a minute here. But being able to knock down 15 of 21 free throws was huge. Being able to out-rebound the Panthers was huge. Uh, I mean, it was a great performance overall from really all the players. Not not necessarily naming one individually, but all of them did, did very well in their minutes. Very effective. Um, definitely seeing some great things being able to have that two-dimensional offense that we didn't see last year. We talk about it so much on the show, but just having that ability to go inside and out has made this team so much more lethal, and that really that really ex- was put into light um, against Davenport because their their physical presence down low just really wasn't matched for Chloe and uh, Myra. They did great. Yeah, for sure. And the one thing to look at that too, especially in the Davenport game, uh, is like, you know, we were really spread out, and I think that's the one thing that we've been able to notice so far throughout this whole year is that, like, uh, Coach Westendorp is not afraid to toss, uh, you know, the bench in early and toss the bench in when it really matters, uh, which is really great because we're able to see a lot of these players who, you know, can get that experience and get the, you know, get the chance to really be the hero of the game and stuff. But when you look at it, I mean, 
four players within double digits. I mean, Mallory Carney has really been picking up the assist. She's really been, I think she's really improved. She almost had a triple-double. Yeah, she was really pretty darn close to it. Nine rebounds, eight assists, and six points. So, uh, you know, a couple more in each stat line, she would have had the triple-double. But she's really improved on her court vision. I've seen her make some passes that are pretty impressive. Some, you know, behind the back, some, you know, no-look passes, which I always love to see as someone hey, who likes we to, appreciate who's it. more of a pass-first guy. But, hey. you know, it's really cool to see, especially. I mean, Grand Valley was a little bit different of a story. We didn't play super great. But, uh, you know, it's really great to see that we're able to go against Davenport, do work, do what we're supposed to do, especially against a not-super-great team. Yeah, like you said, Brandon, I mean, starting off strong is always the key, basically, in every sport. I mean, when you have the lead, you know, in the first half, you know, you just, your chances of winning are three times as much. I mean, because the other team's on their heels, you have the momentum, and if you're at home, you know, the crowd's getting into it. Uh, it's it, it's just great to see that we can, you know, start off strong, because when you start off strong, you're 90% likely more to win than the other team because it's hard it's hard to come back yeah coming back is kind of an accustomed that teams kind of adapt to early on and that that's kind of like their mo like i mean we've seen ferris state at uh, the men's squad as a second half dominant team and there's just there's been some times where it's flipped i mean especially against davenport i think uh, we definitely played better in the second half, but I mean, there was still not that that same that same uptick in production in that second half. But I mean, it was still it was still great to see. But um, it it was a tough one on Saturday. Just I mean, we played this team great. Now, granted, Grand Valley is one of the best teams in the country, top ten. I think they're probably going to move up to seven or six. I think now uh, maybe coming on this week's rankings, but they got a lot of great quality players. They can play inside and out. They're able to shoot really efficiently. And it just seemed like they had a dagger. Every time we started to make a run, they had a dagger to stop it. And they definitely took advantage of that. Uh, I mean, we started off a little slower, but, I mean, we were coming back. We outscored them in the second. And, I mean, we made a big run in the fourth quarter. It was just a little, just not enough, a little too late. Uh, but, I mean, they, they did a great job of adjusting to the away floor. And they were able to make some shots. And, I mean, they, they really took advantage for some big opportunities, especially in the post um, and especially off their bench. They were able to get some, some big margins to be able to pull them to victory. For sure. And, I mean, when you look at it, I mean, the, the thing that I am pretty uh, surprised – I mean, not surprised, but, you know, uh, I don't know the word. Not pleasant, but, like – Pleasantly surprised? I don't know what it is. <laughs> but, like, when you look at it, our <laughs> rebounding has definitely gotten better from last year, especially when you look at oh, you yeah. know, when we played them last year. Uh, you know, they really out rebounded us a lot. I think it was out by like ten or fifteen rebounds that they did. But you know, now what we're only in three. I mean, we got some size down low, and we're able to get some really good players that you know have been able to you know be a force down in the paint. I mean, Chloe Adoni has really stepped up a lot. I mean, you got uh, Amaku Nabago, who's not like the biggest, but she's able to use that size that she has and the length that she has mm-hmm. to be able to get those uh, rebounds, which is really great to see. But you know, when you look at it, you know. It's tough when you have, you know, one of the best teams in the country come to your place. And, I mean, Grand Valley is a team that, you know, has really proved to probably, I mean, they could quite honestly be the best team in the country. I think they could really hang with them. So I think it's just with the Gliak on the women's side has not been as dominant as it has been in the past couple of years, especially with Ashland not being in it anymore. I think it's, I wouldn't say lose as much recognition, but when you, ha- I mean, it's not going to get you to number one in the country, I don't think, unless you're just putting up like an insane amount of numbers. But when you look at it, it sucks that we they came in our place and were able to win, but you know we stayed close and we kept it 
pretty darn well. I mean, the first quarter was like the only thing really that I could see that we kind of fell behind. And I think that was kind of our downfall. But when you look at quarter two, three, and four, we were, you know, five points at the most out of it. And we were able to beat them in scoring in the fourth quarter. It just came down to kind of like that first quarter. You know, coming out hot is going to be the big thing. We just kind of stayed a little bit slow. So, you know, just working on that is going to be a big thing. Yeah, I mean, especially that that third quarter. We started off hot. We got within two. And, I mean, by the end of the third quarter, they started distancing it away. They went on a big run. That ended up getting them, I believe, to the quarter up by 10. And that, that we just really, that, that little stretch really killed us. But, I mean, they still played really well. I mean, I, I was really pleased with all the things that I saw. They had a lot of good looks. And some of them, frankly, just didn't fall. Like, we just missed some puppies. And that, that, was, that was really hard to take because, of course, you'd love to have those drop in. And you wouldn't like to go back and think, oh, what if I made that layup in this moment? What would the game would have been different? But... I mean, still put on a great performance, and I mean, we got some we got some winnable games coming up. Because I mean, right now, I mean, look at the Gleak scoreboard, Joe. There's a lot of shakeups going down on the women's side. For sure, and we'll hop right into it. Uh, this we're going to start up on Thursday. Obviously, we got the win that we were talking about against Davenport, but Grand Valley on the women's side was able to top the Lakers of Lake Superior State, 78 to 21, in a big 57 point margin uh that was quite the sight to see i think at the end of the first half it was like 50 to 1 or some or like 40 to 1 or something like that that they posted starting off strong not the (laughs) yeah exactly starting off strong like superior (laughs) state look at them go but yeah 78 to 21 lakes of grand valley top lakers of lake superior state so saginaw valley ended up falling to wayne state in a overtime thriller 70 to 62 that would have been a good one to see uh purdue northwest top michigan tech huskies 93 to 89 also in an overtime thriller so that was pretty wow you know, if you're able to catch the highlights of that, much highly recommend. Parkside then also hosted Northern Michigan, got the W73 to 52, pretty big one there. Uh, and then on to Saturday, another overtime win for Lake Superior State. That one was close, 65 to 64. Uh, good to see them get a win. Those were the two bottom teams of the GLIAC in Davenport and Lake Superior State who took on each other. So that was going to be a good game, very much of a hard fought game for those two. Uh, Purdue Northwest a- able to get a win. Able to Northern Michigan not able to get a win at all this week. Sorry for messing up that fifty three to fifty two. That would that was a pretty close game as well. Uh, and then Parkside beating Michigan Tech. They're also going to lose the weekend eighty one to sixty seven. And then Northwood picking up a win against the Cardinals seventy four to sixty seven. And then the lone game of Monday, Wayne State and Northwood. Wayne State wins it eighty one to sixty five. Wow. Okay. There you go. So right now that puts us the men's team at the top of the GLIAC standings right now in first place. And now with the the split, we have the women's side has now moved into third thanks to that Saginaw Valley loss. So mm-hmm. We appreciate the, uh, was it Wayne State that beat them? Yeah. Thanks, Wayne Way State. Way to go, Wayne State. Yeah. Keep it up. But you're next. It's, we're only a <laughs> half game behind them. You're next. So, uh, I mean, definitely great to get a win down at their place. So, um, that is the basketball score report. Uh, I mean, looking into this weekend here, I mean, we have Ryan with us. Of course, we can talk about the the trip to Lake Superior State. I mean, what are we looking forward out of this team this weekend, Ryan? I mean, this is a big one. This could be a huge momentum booster here near the end of the season. Well, it's it's going to come down to the third period. I think exactly. you guys have probably heard that exactly. a million times. It's a common theme. It's a common it theme. Oh, yeah. man. I knew why Ryan said that. You guys would know. But, like, even the coaches know in, in the post-game interviews and, you know, when I talked to the coach in the second inter- half intermission or the second period intermission, yeah, he's always like, you know, we get, we got we got to keep we, – we have to get this third period because Ferris right now is, you know, notoriously we aren't good in the third period for some reason. I mean, we'll come in with the momentum, but then we'll just 
will, will choke. I mean, like against St. Thomas, I mean, they, they score with, what, five seconds left? That one hurt. That, yeah, that was a rough one to tweet about, not going to lie. And yeah. there's, 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 there's something about the third period with Ferris. I mean, we just we have to get over that. It's like the curse of the third period. We have to get over it. That's mm-hmm. that's the goal. Because the, in, if we do whatever in the, in the first two periods of these uh, games coming up this weekend, it, it won't really matter unless we take the third period because exactly. Ferris summed it up. Notoriously bad in yeah, the, thir- in I the mean, final yeah. 20. Yeah, I mean, these next six games, I mean, <coughs> they're winnable games, but because, uh, I mean, we've played these teams tough. I mean, Michigan Tech, we didn't have our best weekend back earlier in uh, November, so that one definitely seems a little bit more daunting. But, I mean, we're going to be at home, and we've beat Michigan, or excuse me, not Michigan, uh, Minnesota State at home before. So, I mean, you can always take that momentum and ride it into into Agon Glaben, but. The, the big fact of it is, I mean, Ryan, you hit it on the nose. It's like we know this team can play with any team in the country for two. It just seems like two periods. I don't know what it is with the third period. I don't know if we need to make another puck tower going into the third period. I don't know if we <laughs> need to switch a line and go with line four first instead of line one in the third period. I don't know what it needs to do, whether they can make a campfire with their sticks, all that matter. Just something to <laughs> just mess up the juju of the third period. And, I mean, this team's on their way. I mean, that's just what it seems like. I mean, it's just hard to just be like, yeah, we just need a better third period. Guys, that's literally all it is. We can look at stats. We can look at analytics. I would love to have a game-by-game analytics of how we play in each period. And I guarantee you second period is much higher. And then third period just drops way down. It's just finish, finish, finish. Yeah, for sure. And especially going to Lake Superior State, I was talking to... Brandon McKaylin, who we had on the show the other day, and Connor Fedor, who are in our comp, what is it, 389 or whatever, talking to them a little bit uh, during our group project about, you know, going up to Lake State this uh, weekend. Uh, not the best place to play, especially since it's a little bit dim lit. And, I mean, it's a good team, but, you know, when you look at their facility, I mean, it's a cool-looking place, but, you know, it's not always the brightest there to play, especially when they do, like, that little, like, spotlight thing whenever uh, one of their players scores. So, you know, it's going to be a, it's gonna be good for them. It's going to be a short bus ride, which is good. It's only going to be, like, four or five hours right across the bridge uh, in the Sioux. So that's going to be a good thing for them, not going to have to spend so much time in the bus. And, uh, you know, that's a good thing, too, on travel days when you realize, you know, it's not going to be like a Bemidji where it's going to be a 14-hour bus ride or a Mankato where it's going to be like 11 hours or something like that. Or even going up to Michigan Tech in northern Michigan where it's going to be six, seven, eight hours where you got to be sitting on the bus and trying to pass that time. So, you know, like you said, Ryan, the third period, we've been, me and Brandon have been talking about it. I mean, so many people that we <sighs> have long. on. I mean, Travis has been talking about it. Too Everybody long. that we have always says about it. And, you know, the, my big thing about it is, like, when we dump and chase a lot, like when you look at that part of the game that you know is very heavily implemented in our like game plan and stuff like that, what you doing over there, Brandon? <laughs> well, I'm fixing my headset. I was sorry. gonna say you're getting a little bit of just a little, just a little itch, fu- you know? fuzzy hair, getting a little bit itch. Yeah, but yeah. anyways, as, yes. as, yeah, as I was saying with uh, the dump and chase and stuff like that, like you know, the first two periods, like you're rested, and you know that 20 minutes in between the second and third is enough to you know get you going. But you know, once you get like five minutes, ten minutes in. You know, you still have already played 40 minutes of hockey. So when you have to go dump and chase, you get a little bit slow. You might have the defenders kind of pushing up a little bit, or you might have the offense or the offensive players kind of not backskating as fast as they can. And then the leaves on those opportunities for those three on twos, it leaves those opportunities for, you know, St. Thomas to get set up and score with five seconds left and all that stuff. So I think the big thing is making sure that we have enough energy to fully compete in the third period is a big one. And dumping and chasing is not going to be able to get us that. 
Maybe that's the thing that we need to change. Maybe just a strategy change. Obviously, we're not coaches, but I yeah. mean, we can recognize the fact that something needs to change in the third period. And I know you said you said it right. The coaches know yeah, that. Yeah, the coaches know. Yeah, I so something guarantee. just has to change. But I mean, hey, if there's any team that we can really change that mojo with, I mean, it's Lake State. I mean, I mean, the first game we we definitely came out really flat and didn't have our best game. But I mean, the second game. I mean, they were ahead early, and we put our foot down. And especially getting that second game win was was huge for us. So, I mean, we can beat this team. We know we can beat this team. So, uh, that'll be a. I mean, if we could get six, if we could get six out of this weekend, that would be a huge confidence booster. Especially going against a tech team coming up next week that we're going to need everybody on deck for to help try to root our dogs to victory because that's going to be a big game. But, uh, I mean, it's going to be fun. Looking forward to that. All the live stats and more will be at Ferris State Bulldogs. Dot com. But anyway, finaling out the Fair and State Sports Report with tennis and track. We'll, fo- we'll finish out with track first. Um, Snowdown Showdown. That was the meet that took place. I love that name. I don't know when this meet started, but boy, I would love to find out when that name was established. But um, really good efforts from the women's side. Four top seven efforts in the events. Um, and I believe D1 teams were actually there as well. So very, very high contested competition. Uh, Emma Stefan, third overall in the weight throw. Claudia Wilkinson, third in the high jump at 5.05. Uh, Brianna Copley, seventh in the shot put. Uh, our 4x4 team ended up placing sixth. Uh, Michaela Roberts, Hannah Brock, Cindy Kubiak, and Danae Felsposh with a 4.25, which I believe that is a, I think that is a season record for that team. But uh, great, great results for them. You can check out more of those online as well. Both teams will be in action this weekend. We'll be going to GV for Big Meat. And just like the name says, it's pretty big meat. So yeah. we're looking forward to it. But uh, finally, on the other side, tennis was in action against Aquinas. Just a casual, bring out the brooms. A nice seven-zip sweep to get back on track. Um, good to see from both both sides. I mean, just being able to get uh, such a, I believe the word they used in the recap was decisive. Just being able to really shake off the Western Michigan exhibition and being able to, to put the pound in on Aquinas was something that, I mean, this team really needed. They just needed to come out and, and have a great game, both physically and mentally, as Coach Doran said in the in the post game. And I mean, they, they definitely brought that out. Yeah, for sure. And that was a really good thing, especially when you have like these pregame or preseason games. I mean, you got Western Michigan, who's you know that D one talent that we lost six one to, but you know, able to have a bounce back game against you know, it's a lower school, especially with Aquinas being I think D three. Uh, you know, you're expected to win. That's good, seven zero. But you got Finley coming up, especially this weekend, and then Tiffin as well, who have kind of been some people or some teams who we've not really struggled with but there are teams who you know are going to be a really good test earlier on this season just so that we can get ready before GLIAC play starts and I think we can do a really good job of you know finishing I mean we got you know a couple more weeks we got about a month left of uh, preseason play and out of conference play until you know we start up against Grand Valley uh, for the first one but you know with Finley coming up, it's going to be a good test to keep it rolling and you know get you know knock some more of the dust off, knock some more of the rust off, and get it going. Especially with these two games going to be away, so it's going to be a good test. Yeah, quality regional opponents. You know, it's, and it's always a good confidence booster. You know, to get the a sweep seven zero. I mean, going forward, it always. I mean, even against the better. I mean, you said that this team, I know, not not as good as Ferris, but you know, going up against the the better teams going forward, it's always note that you can you can sweep teams and. Uh, th- you can go in there do some business. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Just the the mental the mental aspect of like, hey, we we took care of business. Like, yeah. you it doesn't matter. It's like, yeah, we won seven nothing to Aquinas, and then you start comparing opponent, to, and then you're like, oh, well, this is a different opponent. We we can't sweep them or whatever. But it's like, 
we can take care of business. When you just simply think, take of it of that, the business was 7-0 against Aquinas. It, well, it might be Grand Valley 4-3. to that, it, That's what it might be. But you can still take care of business, yeah. right? That's still a W in the column regardless of what the score was. So it's good to see that confidence boost. And, I mean, we're going to need those, especially looking back for a second ring in a row. Ring chasing, that's what this program has been made for. And that's certainly what they'll be made to do this year. So that's Fair State Sports Report. When we come back, we'll talk some chill and some teams to watch for the second half. Stay tuned. Are you looking for a place to make an impact? Eagle Village could be the place for you. With over 53 years of experience making a difference in the lives of youth, there are many opportunities to serve today. Make sure you visit eaglevillage.org to find out where your journey may begin. Eagle Village, where potential source. And we're going to be coming right back at it now, hopping into the NHL All-Star Weekend and a little bit of an NHL preview for the upcoming uh, second half of the season. Boys, the Vegas All-Star Weekend, probably one of the craziest ones I've ever seen. Some yep. great new events, uh, you know, with the you know, 21, the blackjack, and that crazy little you know passing thing on the fountain. But, you know, some great great stuff this weekend. Ryan, I know you got a lot to talk about as being a hockey guy. Oh, yeah. We'll Fine. start with you. What, is, what was your favorite part of the weekend? Well... My favorite part of the weekend is probably the 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 classic things that they did, like the hardest shot, yeah, the skating competition, and the accuracy contest, and probably the breakaway. But in my opinion, the the twenty one shooting and the fountain face off, yeah, they it it, it, it was different. I'll, I'll say that. I, I don't know if so, some people out there might like it. Some people out there might not like it. Me personally, I wasn't a huge fan. I mean, I, I watched it live, and the highlights on like the internet make it look pretty, pretty good and pretty special. But when I was watching it live, it just it didn't seem like it was that hype. Like mm-hmm. the, I like it, it. It it took a while for the the twenty one twenty two uh, shooting card thing to to even go by, and the fountain the fountain face off was kind of hard to watch. I mean like it was pretty dark out there. In my opinion, I I would skip those for uh the next that Yeah, kind of take those out would probably be the best option for, you know, the next one. I mean, they're probably not going to have it in Vegas, so they really won't probably do anything, but I can definitely tell that they're probably going to try to do some sort of like theme kind of challenge for whatever the city they have it in. But, you know, when you look at like the All-Star game and like the All-Star weekend for a lot of different sports like Pro Bowl that happened over the weekend too, like it seems like the the skills competitions and stuff like that and, like, the events that they had before the actual game, you know, people don't really take it as seriously. I mean, I loved, especially with, like, the NHL All-Star game, seeing, like, the shootout was my favorite. The skills competition is one of my favorites. But, like, guys just aren't trying, like, as hard. They're more just trying to put it on a show a little bit. The game was actually fun to watch, especially with kind of seeing, like, you know, they're not going 100%. It's more like an 80 type thing because, you, you know, you definitely want to try out some new things. But, you know, you're just having fun. You don't want to go too hard. It's the all-star game, and it's in the middle of the season, so you don't want to go too crazy. But like I said, you know, especially with, like, that going on, like, I don't know, go back, going back to, like, the 21-card shootout and stuff, way too busy. There's just so much stuff going on that, like, you can't really understand it. And not everybody knows how to play, like, that game, like, in general. So, like, for those people that are watching, it's like, oh, they're just hitting cards and stuff, and we'll just see what happens. 
Yeah, so I mean, I, I definitely, as somebody that is farther away than at it than uh, so you guys at NHL, like just getting the outsider perspective. There were some things that I thought were pretty cool. I mean, like the the fountain faceoff, especially that you brought up, Ryan. That I thought was like, whoa, what is going on? I mean, it was pretty. It was a it was a unique idea. Like, I mean, pic- picturesque is definitely the the appropriate word for that. But you you were just like, man, this is kind of like kind of weird you know it's like you're out on you're out on the water and it's kind of just this kind of like a passing accuracy type of thing but it's not necessarily off the ice it's like you're going from one island to the other basically so it was kind of a unique idea i wonder if that's gonna if they're gonna keep that i think it's gonna be an only vegas thing because i mean who else has a fountain you know but um i mean i definitely enjoyed like just watching some of the bits of the the NHL All-Star game. I mean, there was some things that were pretty sweet as far as just the game itself. I mean, obviously just seeing everybody out there is what everybody pays for, um especially to go there in person, but I mean, I mean the skills competitions I think are sweet. Uh I mean, for the NHL having so many of them, I mean, that that's a whole other thing, but um just the fact you see all these unique events and all the players showing their unique skill sets cuz I mean, you got a lot of guys that uh, are great players, and then they show the how even better of a player they are, um, just based off of what they did. I mean, like Sebastian Oho, the accuracy like was phenomenal. I mean, just the fastest skater. Um, those guys can fly, and you don't really realize that just watching the flow of the game, right? Because it's like, oh yeah, they they gotta skate right to play hockey. It's like, right? Well, well, I can prove that otherwise because I can't skate, but I might be able to play <laughs> hockey. But the the fact is, like, you just seeing the you're getting a, to cherish like all these unique things about these athletes that you don't necessarily see in the game. Like, I mean, we knew Vector Hedman could shoot the puck pretty hard, but did we know it was 103 miles per hour? I mean, in a game, you probably wouldn't think that, but now you're like, oh, he's gonna rip that thing. Mm-hmm. So just seeing those things, I thought was cool. And I mean, I mean, we can get into the NFL Pro Bowl later, but I mean, I think overall, I think NHL might have had the better weekend, honestly. Yeah, I agree with that too. And especially like when you look at the games and stuff, that's a cool thing. Especially last year's All Star game when like you had like guys like Kucherov breaking out new moves, like the no move that kind of just like started that crazy thing. That was pretty cool. And, you know, seeing a lot of these guys who are able to do some crazy stuff with a puck that I will never be able to do, but seeing them just pull it off so effortlessly is such a cool thing to see. And you know, that's why they're All Stars. That's why it's All Star Weekend. And I mean, we can get kind of now into a little bit of the speculation for the second half of the season for a lot of these teams. I know, you know, we're all Red Wings fans, except for you. Well, you Bruins, I dirty, have. You dirty Bruins fan. No, it's Go half. Go back to it's Boston. Half half. Go back to Boston. You can't Boston. be half and yeah, half you can. with Boston and Red Wings. Get That's your clam chowder. I love the red yellow and black. Dude, you can't do that. You can't be fans of two original six teams. You can't do well, that. Well, you, you can yell at my younger self because, I mean, maybe now I'm, I might not have cho- I grew chose out of that them. Phase. I was a Bruins fan when I was younger, and I grew out of that phase because I realized it's dirty. It's not good. <laughs> well, only only a select few players are a little dirty now. But, you know, Martian. <laughs> a few of them on the Bruins. You Martian. <laughs> you Martian. Okay, well, well the thing is, is that Martian, he, I think, I mean, yeah, uh, occasionally, even like in this season, he he did do one slew foot, and you know you can't have that. But like you, each person that lo- that likes watching hockey in the NHL, you have to realize how good of a player Brad Marchand is. Yeah, that's the thing that makes me hate him the most. Is yeah, because he's good at hockey. <laughs> he's really good. He, dude, when he stands next to people, he stomps on their sticks. He, <laughs> you know, pushes people when they're down. It's a whole bunch of dirty plays that he always does. He's a rat. He's a rat, I say. Yeah, well, well, well hopefully hopefully, in, in the next couple of seasons, I mean, he might even start falling off because, you know, him and Bergeron are getting pretty yeah, old and stuff. Pretty, pretty but, like, there. you know, the, the, they might start falling off. 
I mean, t- take the Red Wings for example. I mean, they it, if if Boston falls off, they're right up there, ready to take that wild card spot. So they could actually make the playoffs. I mean, to take last season, not too good, Garbage. but this season. I mean, it's it, it's really surprising. Mm-hmm. Look at the bounce back, though. I mean, we got what seventeen wins or so last season, and now we're at twenty and twenty-one. Which I mean, five hundred for a lot of these teams is like, oh, that's not really great to see. But I mean, for us, especially, we've been rebuilding for so long ever since you know uh, Larkin got drafted, which was the year after. I think we missed the playoffs for the first time in so many years or whatever. Like when you look at that, like we've been starved for like. It seems like a long time because we had 25 years of playoff runs and 25 years of good teams or whatever, but we missed it for so long. And, like, you know, when you go in and look and, you know, you see tickets for Little Caesars Arena for Red Wings game, you know, 20 bucks for, like, uh, a pretty good seat, like, just because we're so bad and we need to fill the seats. It sucks to see such a historic program and such an historic organization go for so long that, you know, six years without making the, without even having a sniff to make the playoffs to now being able to get a lot of the guys into, you know, get a chance to have a chance at the wild card spot. But Eisman's plan is coming to fruition. Raymond, Sider, two guys in the rookie rookie of the year conversation. I mean, they got Trevor Zegers to, you know, go against, which is going to be a tough one for them to, you know, overcome. But, you know, it's really looking solid. I mean, Dylan Larkin, too, has been playing pretty solid as well. Uh, he's leading the points for them. In my opinion, he's kind of lower in passes prime a little bit. You could make the argument. I mean, even if he isn't, he's maybe got two or three years left of like super high proficient scoring and super high proficient abilities. I mean, Tiber as well is a guy who I've been looking at who's been doing really solid. He's the guy that's just, you know, a dog. He's a guy who'll get in the trenches. He'll block shots. He'll score goals. He'll do it all. Yeah. I mean, you look at what Larkin's been able to do. And I mean, yeah, I would agree that he's probably getting towards that you you could say he could have a fall off maybe. I mean, hey, he's not going to drop off a cliff. Okay, Max Killer about Tom Brady, but <laughs> I mean, you could still have. He's going to still have some good proficiency. I mean, how many great years did we see out of Zetterberg? How many great years did we see out of Lidstrom? Even those those guys were getting older. They're still playing at a high level. So, I mean, you gotta you gotta have a great a great idea of where this team's going. You gotta and there's a lot of good motivation, and good faith for this team because. I mean, especially for the city by itself, looking mm-hmm. at all the teams around too, like all of us are growing together. So just the idea of all of us being proficient and good together, I mean, especially with this Wings team that you're right, needs has a historical prominence and needs to be up there. It's part of the original six. We need them in the playoffs because it makes hockey just that much more exciting. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting. We got a little bit of a climb to go to catch up to your the Boston Bruins, but we, we Boston. might get there. Yeah, that's the one thing is like, you know, you build this brand new stadium in LCA. You got like fans who are diehard fans who will just you know, you know, bleed for the city basically. And you know, to see that you know, at least the Red Wings are coming back a little bit. I mean, we've been starved as a sports town for a super long time, but at least see the Red Wings are coming back a little bit. That's a great thing to see, especially for the whole state of Michigan. Yeah, Zegers could go play dodgeball. Like, <laughs> in the I mean, come on, man. Yeah, exactly. He's still a good player, though. Yeah. I mean, with the Red Wings in the playoff conversation. Who do you have winning the Stanley Cup this year? I mean, not the Red Wings. <laughs> I mean, the, I don't know. Like, yeah. Panthers well, are kind of killing it right now. Lightning, I'll tell you obviously. One team that's not. Like Montreal. Oh no. yeah. No. Talk, talk about the opposite of a bounce back. Yeah. <laughs> How about yeah. them? How about just a terrible? Like they are eight and twenty nine right now. That's ridiculous. They were Playoff what last finals. year? Two seed? Two seed or something like that? No, Made they, the, they were fourth. Seed. I thought fourth, they were fourth. Fourth and the, the, made the yes, made the fourth. Stanley made the yeah, Stanley yeah. Cup in the COVID year or whatever. Yep. Or whatever. And yeah. then 
Now that Mathers garbage. But I mean, like you can kind of like I knew that the Canadians weren't going to win that year because I mean you're playing Florida who you know, has no restrictions. And so when you look at a game seven or a game five, game six or whatever, those big games that you need to go win and you're playing away in front of, you know, 15, 16, 17,000 people, whoever, however much Tampa Bay can hold in their stadium compared to you got 500 frontline workers in your place and, you know, fake noise getting pumped in. Like when it comes down to the third period and you're tied or like, and it comes down to when you need a big momentum shift, like, you're playing for your guys. That's it. Like, you're not really playing for the city. Like, you got people who are, you know, like in the streets and stuff, but, you know, it's a whole different ball game when you got people in the crowd getting electric, getting it, getting, you know, the whole th- atmosphere just that much better. So, I knew that they were going to win. So, they're having a trash year. Hate to see it for them. I mean, 8 and 29. They got, <laughs> they had 23 points. I mean, Red Wings were in that point a little bit a while ago. I mean, we ended the season with like 20 points. So, I mean, I can't really say much, but. Hey, when we're not there, I can make as much fun of them as we want. So, <laughs> twenty-one. We got. I mean, forty-six points. I mean, a lot of you guys know I'm a big Islanders guy. We're not doing too hot. I mean, <laughs> you know, we made the conference final last year, and then now we, you know, got thirty-eight points, which I mean isn't terrible. But you know, when you trade away some guys and you lose a couple guys to expansion drafts and stuff like that, you hate to see it. Our trades really haven't been working out as much as we want to. Barzal's been kind of falling apart with the goal scoring ability. He's able to like really do something for assists and kind of open up the ice a little bit. But when it comes down to it, he's been making some pretty bad decisions uh, for shooting. I mean, Brock Nelson has been picking it up a little bit, but Villiers has been playing playing pretty well. Josh Bailey obviously is one of our veteran guys. He's kind of leading the team. Uh, Anders Lee is back. He's been kind of picking it up a little bit slow, uh, but you know my guy Anders Lee will be able to pick it up later on in the season. I don't know if we'll be able to make the playoffs. It's going to be a really hard push. We'll need some from like two years ago or a year ago where we had those 13-14 game win streaks and those like 17 or 18 game point streaks. So when that comes down to it, that's what we're going to need to do. But you know Islanders got a little bit of a road ahead of them. I mean, 16 and 17 right now. They haven't played as many games as other teams as well. So, you know, got to pick it up a little bit. Yeah, and I, I I love to see that all these random kind of teams, like the Ducks. They're trying know, to pick it up. Yeah, and the Panthers. I mean, like. Rangers two, are all of a sudden coming in out of nowhere. Yeah, look, look two years ago, those guys are in the bottom of the league. And now they're like. The Panthers, t- t- literally the top of the league right yeah. now. In points. I mean, Smashville, too, is starting to pick it up a little yeah. bit, too. I mean, they were good in 2016, and then they fall off after kind of probably in the Subban trade, and then, you know, now they're coming back. And it's cool to see all these random teams because, like, when I was watching hockey, you know, I always see the same teams in the playoffs, but now I'll probably see the Ducks and I'll see the Panthers. And if they get a win, I mean, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, it'll be pretty sick. Kind of how this all shaking up, it's going to be pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, there's there's so many teams that, like, going into the All-Star break where we're really picking it up. I mean, Minnesota definitely was one of them. They've won six straight. Toronto has always been up there. They've won six straight as well. Uh, but, I mean, you definitely can't count out the, the staple teams. I mean, we, as much as we admit, I mean, Boston would be a team to watch definitely going down. Uh, but, I mean, there's been some other good teams. Like, I mean, the Carolina Hurricanes, man, they're not only good – but they're young, they're developed, and they're still getting they're better. They're smoking, dude. Yeah, like they're a team that you have to be like, oh my gosh, yeah. When we play them, we got we we got to play our best hockey that night, and that's just what the, they've been able to become. And I mean, this is, wasn't necessarily a staple hockey team for so many years, and now now look where they are. Just shows you how faster it seems like development and rebuilds for teams has come. I mean, across sports altogether. I mean, we're going to be talking about Thursday about the Cincinnati Bengals in the Super Bowl. Say that three years ago, people would have been like, 
what you smoking, man? That's not, no <laughs> way that happening. So, but it's just crazy to see. But uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, you could always mention the Penguins, the Bruins. I mean, you guys mentioned the Rangers already. I mean, hey, the Knights, maybe run it back. But I mean, I think they got to get through the Kings first. I think that would be the more favorite. And then the Ducks, especially. I would take those two teams over Vegas right now. But yep. hey, you never know, though. There's a lot of season to come, and there's still teams that haven't hit their stride yet. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's going to be really cool to see, especially when teams get back to playing and stuff like that. It's going to be really cool uh, for the second half of the season, especially as Red Wings fans. We're going to be looking forward to it. You Boston fan are probably going to be looking forward to Boston. it too. Disgusting. I mean, hopefully my Islanders can pick it up a little bit. But, you know, teams to watch for, you know, Panthers hopefully to keep it hot. Lightning want to keep it hot as well. I mean, obviously we said Hurricanes is too. And, I mean, Avalanche have been on a absolute tear Right now, 32-8. and eight. They've been killing it. I mean, Smashville as well, as like we said. And then Pacific Division is pretty close. I mean, Golden Knights, Kings, and Ducks are all within, you know, two points of each other. Flames, too. I mean, that's only a span of five points. So a few games here and there for both for each four of those teams can really shake up that division, too. But, you know, hockey fans, that's what it's all about. It'd be sweet if, like, the, the Oilers would actually get a little bit of help around McDavid. Because, I mean, yeah. they've been a if good team, they, but they're yeah. never going to get over the hump unless they get him some help. Because, I yeah. mean, they're sitting, what, fifth right now in the Pacific? I mean, yeah. they, it's, they, only, it's only Dreisaitl and, and McDavid. Yeah, that's really all they have. So, I mean, um, if they really want to make that next step and over, over jump teams like Calgary, teams like Anaheim, teams like LA, and then Vegas, obviously, they're going to need to give them some help. So, I mean, they, sh- they should definitely be a team that you could watch at the, the deadline. Because I don't mm-hmm. think they just want to go through mediocrity well, with such a star talent. Up- McDavid is taking up so much of their cap space, isn't he? Like, he's yeah. taking up, like, almost he's, half yeah. of it. Yeah, he gets paid a lot. Yeah. He's, like, the highest... Well, he is the highest paid hockey player. But, like, I mean, so you kind of shot yourself in the foot with that. But then also, you know, when you got guys who are begging for... Or not begging, but, you know, demanding that much money, then... Yeah. What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? I think I think something everyone's looking forward to in the playoffs, Toronto, out first round. Yeah. Yes, yeah. sir. Yes. Yeah, that's yes, what, yeah, yes, that's what yes. we need. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they, they, they I mean, do it every what, year. They do it all the time. Every time they make it, it's almost a given. Take the take the team that they're matched up against when you're betting. Like like we always say, don't bet on my picks, but when you bet on my picks, you'll win. So hopefully, you know, Toronto will be out of their first round. We'll see what happens. Death taxes and Leafs out in one. Is that what they say? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that crocheted on a pillow somewhere? If if so, it I mean, should it needs it to should, be. It should be as well, but I mean, yeah, there's going to be a lot, but I mean, really looking back at what like the all-star week is, I mean, I, I don't know about you guys, but like, I really like the way that like the NHL set it up and I, it kind of makes it feel like the, the pro bowl is kind of dying. And I think that's just because like you look at how like the NHL is always, always developing, which I mean, the NFL has, has done, don't get me wrong, but like, I mean, the fact of it is, like, the All-Star break so much more look forward to when it's in the middle of the season, whereas now, like, we're looking at the NFL, it's like, like, there's people talking around about how, how awful the Pro Bowl is this weekend. I'm not going to defend and say, like, yeah, I'm watching Garbage. 60 to 50% football. That was that was not fun. But, I mean, I get the player side of it. It's like, these guys have been hitting literally for 18 weeks. And they're they're just like man, I need to go get like I need to go get surgery. I need time off. My team's gotten pummeled in the playoffs. Like, like it's cool to get together and have like all those stuff. But it's like the game itself is not what like people are going to be looking forward to the Pro Bowl. The skill showdowns were awesome. Like the dodgeball, the fastest man, all those sort of things are pretty cool. But I'd rather I mean, the watch game those itself, in the actual game. Yeah, like the Pro Bowl itself is going. Like, is this going to be a position where the game's just going to be abolished? It's going to be yeah. gone. It's just skill competitions. I mean, you got to do it where like. 
you either have to be like, all right, hitting or you could even just be like, have a meeting be like, yo, like hitting is allowed, but just don't go like too crazy. Like don't go for like hit sticks or anything like that. Like no Sean, know. no Sean Taylor to the punter yeah, and back yeah, in nothing, whatever year it was. Yeah. Nothing 14. crazy like that. Cause I mean, fans, they want to see like actual football being played. They don't want to see two hand touch. They don't want to spend that much money to see, play, see two hand touch, especially if you pay for it live. But I will say this, as much as I didn't like the pro bowl and as much as I, you know, was a bore to watch it for you know the ten minutes I watched it. At least we got the McGriddle, the Mac Jones gritty. Yeah, that was the coolest thing I ever seen on the weekend. Mac Jones got snubbed out of the MVP. The McGritty should have won it for him, but just the, just this. the dance by itself. But yeah, I mean, especially when you look at like you, a lot of the legends, like Randy Moss spoke out about it. Deion Sanders is very vocal about it. Like it used to be an honor to be in the Pro Bowl, and now it just kind of seems like yeah, if you're the best, you're going to be there, and you're just going to enjoy a nice weekend off yeah. and just it's like have, a chore. Have, it's, have a good time. Which it's is, more of like a chore for them rather than a yeah, which pool. is fine, but that's not the way it used to be. And it's not going to be perceived that way based off what we've seen in the past. Because we mm-hmm. saw some awesome, like, all-star all star games or Pro Bowls, I should say. But, I mean, the fact is, like, I mean, I'll be honest. I watched a little bit of each. I watched the part of the, the all-star game for hockey, and I watched some of the Pro Bowls. Like, yeah, I knew which one I was watching. It was definitely going to be the ice. It was 100%. It's just hard to see because those guys are actually – those guys are going to – I want I want to say given, giving the honest effort, but, I mean – the Pro Bowl just needs to. There needs to be something to happen. Of is it going to get moved to the middle of the season? I think it won't be. But I think you have to look at something like that if you want to actually make good viewership from this game because not a lot of people are going to be mm-hmm. watching it anymore. Just well, like, the fact of what we saw this weekend. Well, like sorry to not let you talk, Rand, but I just kind of put the, put this point out real quick. It's like when you look at like All Star weekends and Pro Bowls, it's like Pro Bowl you really aren't playing for anything. Like when you look at because especially with like. Uh, you know, the Pro Bowl and, like, football in general, like, Super Bowls are already pointed out where it's going to be, like, every time, like, before the season even starts. But, you know, with, like, how the NHL used to be and how the MLB is now, like, they're playing for home field advantage in the the World Series or NHL used to play for the home home ice advantage for the Stanley Cup. So when you, you know, it's comparatively for, like, those teams or those players who get there and, you know, their team has a really good chance of making the playoffs, it's like, I want to play four games in front of my home fans. Like I'm going to play yes. as hard as I can here. Yes. And so that's the big thing about the, about, you know, like all-star weekend and the stuff that makes the big difference is like when there's an incentive rather than money, like for these pro bowl players who get, you know, a hundred thousand dollar bonus, $500,000 bonus, however much they get for making that pro bowl. Like when there's an incentive for you to be able to, you know, play your hardest, I think that's the best thing. And it can't be money because money will, you know, They'll play they to get to the money. Pro Bowl. They already have money. They have money. It's about the pride and it's about the fans. And I think that's the big thing is changing it so that the Pro Bowl. I want to be appalled to it being in the middle of the season, but I know there's going to be people saying like, well, they'll get injured and stuff like that. It's the same thing for everything. It's the same thing for All-Star Weekend. A freak injury can happen even if it's week one, week two. It could be the week before the Super Bowl and you could, you know, have somebody break their leg or snap something or whatever. It doesn't matter what it is. I'm going to knock on wood real quick. Hopefully that, <laughs> yeah, that was a pretty gory description. But like, that's what I'm saying is like it. A freak accident could happen either way, and just because it happens in the Pro Bowl or an All-Star Weekend doesn't mean that it wasn't bound to happen anyways. Yeah. yeah. What do you think, Ryan? I would definitely say, like you guys said, the, the two things that need to change is that it needs to be more in the middle of the season, and they, may, they need to make it physical. Because, like, I mean, the teams practice, and they hit each other and then, but they don't go as hard as, like, oh, I'm going to take out the quarterback and break yeah. his leg. Oh, just yeah. it just be like, hey, practice rule, practice squad yeah. rules, like where you're, you know, trying to make a game speed-like, but don't just go crazy and rail and eat, rail these quarterbacks or anything like that. Yeah. yeah. I think, yeah, when you think about, like, the way that it's set up in the middle of the season, like, 
there's kind of a nice little like incentive of yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna get to the All Star game and then I'm gonna have a nice nice comforting week off and then we're gonna reset and then we're gonna get back for a good second half. Like where in football it's like you have the bye week, but for some teams that's week four and then you're playing literally 13 straight weeks and then it's like you're not getting a break from that. So it's just really hard to digest when it's not in the beginning of this or not in the middle of the season rather where you have those bye weeks in the beginning of the season or near the end of the season. And I mean, by the time I'm like, I, I feel for some of these guys, I mean, they're banged up and they're just like, man, I, yeah, I'll get through the pro bowl, but I'm not going to risk what my knees already like torn up into shreds. I don't want to even make it anywhere near worse in, especially since I'm going to have surgery. So, I mean, it's just hard for them to be able to do that. And it's just, uh, it's just a shame that people don't watch it because I mean, the pro bowl used to be such an established thing. It used to be so cool. And now it's just kind of going more to the dump. Yeah. And, you know, ha- having it so close to the Super Bowl, I mean, no one's like, oh, the Pro Bowl. Yeah, I'm so excited. It's, it's more <laughs> no. like, oh, it's this, a filler. It's, it's more a, like, yeah, it's yeah, a filler for that week off. It's, it's more like the season's over. I want to watch the Super Bowl. When's yep. the Super Bowl? Oh, it's this week. I, I'm, yeah. I'm so hyped for the Super Bowl. And then the Pro Bowl comes on. You're like, oh, okay, the Pro Bowl. Woo. Yeah, yeah. Hey, what they that should means I'm do, one week from the Super what Bowl. They, what they should do is move the or move the Pro Bowl to like middle of the season ish. Have it so that way all the teams and stuff can have like a nice break. Especially if you're an All Star, it's not like you're gonna have to like go too crazy or whatever. No, no, no. You're just gonna be fight. They should change it so that way you're fighting for home field advantage. You know, and then make it so that way that bye week or or this week that we have here that's like the off week for the Super Bowl. Have that be the College Senior Bowl so that way a lot of these people oh. who are you know want football to happen and a lot of these people who you know are wanting to see some good football being played have these guys who are you know might be under the radar for some of these you know nfl scouts or something like that to be able to show out and have a good game because i know that those guys are going to try hard and it's going to be a great you know showing of football so that's what i say yeah or the the twitter fan favorite have the jaguars and the lions fight for the number one pick that's what the pro bowl is have the kids have the kids versus mascots one Oh yes, that's yeah, that would be fun. funny. That would be pretty funny. Or a mascot, like uh, flag football game, that would be cool. Yes, All Star Weekend should be fun. They shouldn't be boring. That is the premise exactly. of this entire discussion. But thank you guys for tuning in. We appreciate your view. Don't forget to subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're on. Whether you're a Spotify guy like Joe, whether you're an Apple guy like myself, or whatever podcast platform you are on. But Ryan, thanks for joining us. You are very welcome. I had a blast. I'm glad you did. Until (laughs) next time, guys. Take care, everybody. See you.